Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rub Some Dirt On It. It's Superior Week. Fall Superior. 100 Mile. 50 Mile. Moose Mountain Marathon. We're excited. We're bouncing out of our skin. Our guest this week is going to be, uh, or geez, it's been a long time since we did a show. So if I say this week, you know what I mean, like this summer, right? And uh, this is Kevin. Tom's not with us. He was with us for an earlier part of this interview, but then uh, we're not playing that part for you, okay? But just know that Tom is headed to Iceland tomorrow, and uh, we wish him safe travels and a great time. And our guest for this show, though, this is what you showed up for, people. This is what you came for, is our friend John Horns. And because it's Superior Week, I'm going to mention that John has won the 100. John has won the uh, marathon, the Moose Mountain Marathon, a few times. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really into that race. But what we really want to talk about with John this week is... Uh, Hard Rock, 2018, he was the first Grandmaster to make the loop. He was the first Grandmaster to make the loop. He ran it in 35-21-18. That's 35 hours, 21 minutes, 18 seconds, and that's when he kissed the rock at Hard Rock to stop the clock. Uh, I like to think of John as Mr. Intensity because he is. And so, uh, he does everything with a, a, a fair amount of quiet intensity. You know, he runs, he trains, he, he does his research. Uh, one thing John did is he, he, he said, I see sometimes you, you, you open and close a show with some literary stuff or whatever. So, uh, he sent me some stuff and I, I'm going to read it to you right now. This is, uh, oh shit, I didn't even look to see what it's from. Here, I'm going to tell you, okay, folks? Uh, this is, this is, is this Sig Olsen, I believe? Or is it John Weir? This is, uh, Sig Olsen. Wilderness Days. It made no difference where I happened to be. On the Mackenzie, Churchill, the shore of Hudson Bay, in the Athabasca country, on the Great Slave or Great Bear, in the Yukon or Alaska, following the routes of voyagers and early explorers. The real purpose was still the search, which began in the Quetico Superior. This vast and lonely land was still wilderness, and I knew the awe and challenge of the fine explorers. I felt the great silences there the heightened awareness that comes from a certain amount of danger and the calm and timelessness which balanced the tensions of the world I had left. In this wilderness, I saw more clearly those values and influences which have molded the human race over the long centuries I knew. I knew, too, there are moments of insight when ancient truths stand out more vividly and one senses again his relationship to the earth and all life. Such times are worth waiting for, and when they come in some unheralded instant of knowing are of the purest gold. Man, as Emerson once said, is a dwarf of himself, and so ancient beliefs and feelings are, in a sense, 
vestigial remains of the common origins of man's inner world. This inner world has to do with the past from which we came with cosmic rhythms and the deep feelings men have for an unchanged environment. It is a communion with the natural world, a basic awareness of earth wisdom, which, since the beginning of man's rise from the primitive, has nourished his visions and dreams. Such things belong to the shadowy realm of the intangibles, more real and significant, perhaps, than can be seen, for they give rise to achievements of the spirit and to all cultural advance. Sig Olson, Wilderness Days. So now what we're going to do, I've got John driving from Madison in the rain, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, to the Twin Cities, and uh, we're going to call him and talk to him about hard rock. But this is John Horns, and so we're going to talk some about Superior, too. And uh, if you didn't know it, John's got a running family, so we're going we're gonna to talk about some of that stuff, too. And uh, uh, here we go. Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? Great. You are driving from Madison, Minnesota while we talk. And uh, thanks for joining the show. Welcome. Yeah, this is a good day. Coming across a great state of Wisconsin. So, uh, yeah, all is good. And it is uh, Labor Day and uh, the week before Superior. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's just jump in. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Go on. Oh, four days out from Superior. That's awesome. So everybody heading up there, yeah. Big shout out. Hope they're doing ready to rock and roll up there. It's great. And uh, we're going to circle back to that at the end of this conversation. Uh, what we're going to talk about is uh, your big hard rock for, for that's going to cover the most time in this show. But first, John, let's talk about your family a little bit. Uh, we were just kind of joking how uh, you're Janice's little brother, right? Yeah, that is uh, that is my claim to fame. Yep, it's uh, Janice is my older sister, and uh, you know she's got quite a running pedigree. So, and for those who who uh, don't know, he's talking about Janice Klecker, who uh, ran in the Olympics and also legendary ultra runner, uh, whose husband is Barney Klecker, and uh, both older than you, but. uh, you got to got to see some of their s- stuff going on, and you grew up in uh, a running household. I think a lot of people know the Cleckers. Let's talk about your mom for a minute, though, too. Uh, Mayhorns was a sure. legend of of ultra running. Yeah, yeah, she, um, she, yeah, she was an ultra runner. Um, she also did a lot of marathon running. Um, I will say she was instrumental, uh, probably the single reason my mom, and my mom was a single reason that Janice kind of started running, you know, she was, uh, those two connected when she was in high school, she'd run along with her and then, uh, really? Yeah. I think the city of lakes, I got to look back on the year, but, um, you know, they were Janice's first marathon. It was going to wow. run with mom. And then, uh, yeah, they, mom looked at her and said, you better take off. So she did. And, I don't think she won the race, but I, if she wasn't first, she was probably second place that No year. kidding. Yeah, so she realized she had some running, running her uh, legs on her, and she'd probably keep going with it. But, uh, wow. 
And coincidentally, yeah, I think that's when Barney actually saw her come across the line and said, boy, maybe that's someone who I should ask out. um, (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a, kind of an interesting connection with all that. So, wow. Yeah. Mom was, mom was quite a presence in the running community. I'd say back in the, you know, late seventies, eighties, um, well, throughout, she passed on in 2005. So, um, and your mom ran she ran western she ran uh superior uh she's done some of the big stuff yeah the handful of you know races she was running in the trail side she was um she'd been up to superior's got some history there um western she was out twice 85 and 89 uh didn't have success with finishing the hundred. Um, and you crewed her, correct? I, about, I did. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was quite the experience. I mean, back then I had nothing good to say about running. So it was, were you running at the time? There and everybody came in, Why does anybody want to put themselves up to this? I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, asking her that it was just, uh, so it's kind of comical that I'm back on it, or I'm come back and um, on it now. So, uh, so you weren't running back but, then. Yeah, more or less. I mean, I've run. I, I I tell people I had big run in English setters back when I was out of college. I was deep into bird hunting, and yeah. So I would get out in the woods and I would run with them. So there's some rhythm of getting out, and I've always enjoyed running in the woods, but. And I was never compelled to run against the clock. It's, I think, nice. Uh, close to 40 years old when I finally stepped up and said, I better, better do if I'm actually running against the clock. So. so you really got started around 40 years old, you said? I'm trying to think. I went down and ran the 5K around the Calhoun you know, the uh, double header down there, I'm trying to remember that, you know, it was a 5K, 10K, but, um, yeah, went down there, you know, did some stuff running against on roads, could have been the late 90s, you know, but, yeah, to be honest with you, the roads got pretty dull, pretty fast for me, you know, <laughs> I mean, I trained, yeah, you run a half and you're feeling pretty sporty, you look at your time, it's like, that's you know, it's like, I'm going to do better than that next time. And it's, I train my heart out, you know, and just be working, working. And then six months later, I'd be 30 seconds faster. It's like, really? <laughs> John, that, that makes me think too, though, when Janice and Barney were in their uh, prime, as far as like owning all these ultra records that they did, most of the ultras yeah. at that time were road ultras, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, yep, I would agree with that statement. Um, you know, Barney, and I mean, he's got a very, you look back on his history, and it's an amazing, amazing running career, similar to my sister's. But, um, yeah, he had the world record on the 50-miler, you know, back right. in October 1980. And um, that was, the world record was taken away. Now he's got the American record. but Still um, standing, Correct. Yeah, and that was down Chicago. So you're correct. I mean, those were primarily road events, and he did go out to Western in '85. I know that. 
Um, but I think he quickly decided trails wasn't his deal. Well, I'll be the first one to tell you that right now. He does, he's uh, still bugging me when I'm going to get serious about running and get back to roads. So. Oh, that's great. And your sister didn't run much for trails either, right? No. I'm trying to recall what... I mean, I ran trail mix with her one, one year. Yeah. To be honest, that's... That's... I mean, she's got probably some trail running sure. beyond that, but I mean... Yeah. No, it's... And for both of them, sure. I mean, they're world-class marathoners, so... Who also who also got world and American records at longer distances, you know? Uh, yeah. But like the well, Edmund could, Fitz, even, that was a road race. Correct. Yeah, the early history on the Edmund Fitz, um, you know, I've told people it's... My speculation on what was going on, I mean, uh, Bill Weinmark, good friend of Barney's, and Barney were getting together after he'd done the 50-miler and looking at the 100K, and the original running that, yeah, I think it was set up, so they, Barney had a shot at setting a record up there, but um, yeah, and that's that's one I think, you know, he's, when you were at the house, you saw some of those pictures. Yeah, and, and to let the audience know... I, I saw, yeah, the picture I love is you as a kid, or probably, what, 20 years old, roughly, uh, on a 10-speed, riding in the dark, ahead of Barney, who's attempting a, a record. Yeah, right at daybreak. I mean, Superior's just starting to go behind us, and it was a cool morning. Uh, cold, I remember it was really cold, but, uh, yeah, my job that day was to run interference, because... Yeah, you're right. The original routing on Edmund Fitz was straight down Highway 61 from Little Murray, um up there just beyond County 6, run straight down the highway to Duluth. How cool. With the intention of posting a fast 100K. Um, so, yeah, if you spend time on that road, you know that the Monson trucks go screaming up and down that thing. <laughs> I was running interference as best I could on that bike for, um, for Barney to be uh, running his race. So That's awesome. Yeah, it was a cool day. So I just wanted to touch on family so people knew what you're coming from, but uh, we're here to talk about hard rock. Well, let's say this too about your mom. One thing I love and one thing I tried to highlight in the book, which if people don't know, uh, you were one of the sort of main characters in my book about Superior. And one thing that really struck me is how uh, being out there, especially running Superior, really makes you feel some connection with your mom. And I, I really, that's a really touching piece, something I really love. And, and uh, it's sure. just really neat to see, you know, or to hear you talk about, I guess you would say. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think both. Well, I wouldn't exclude it to mom either, dad as well. I mean, they both passed on now, but you get those. That's where you're, you know, you're unplugged and totally tuned into what's going on around you and within you. And um, yeah, there's definitely feel their that connection, their presence, various times. And uh, we're going to talk about dad here in a little bit. Uh, 
Let's jump into let, let's. So you've run Hard Rock twice now, or you've started it twice, and maybe for background, what we really want to talk about today is your truly ass-kicking performance this year. But we need a little background, so let's talk about 2016. <laughs> and in 2016, you got into two big race lotteries, both Hard Rock and Western, which are are they were they three weeks apart that year. Yeah, they were, so the 2016 schedule on those two was, there was a three-week window between them. Um, yeah, and I don't, so 2018, yeah, it's, it was an amazing run. Um, and just to, if you say anything else about it, it's like, I was thoroughly surprised. I mean, I ran certainly the course faster than I was anticipating, and... To be honest with you, when I got back to Silverton, I just I felt a lot better than I would have ever expected. Um, so it was a it was a really cool day out there. And, I love um, it. Yeah, but yeah, 2016 I was out there. Um, I mean, really, my Hard Rock story is you know, after well, 2011. That's you know, I decided to run 100 mile in my life after Superior longer distance race. Yeah, so I went up ran Superior. I remember that day. It was great. You know, I didn't, uh, well, that's a whole other story. We can maybe get back to, but, um, it's, it's yeah, okay. You know, it's superior the, week. We have to throw a little bit in. Yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I go up there. It's my first hundred miler and it's like, okay, this, you know, I, regardless who was up there, I think I could okay, pay four hours. And, um, can you repeat that last sentence? Uh, What's that? Can you repeat that last sentence? You broke up a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, you know, with based on my leg speed, fitness, what, I mean, we all kind of have a sense of what we're doing on trail. I thought, yeah, I can go to Superior. And... Oh, and so that was kind of the stated goal or desire in my mind. And I went up there 2011, and long story short, I had a variety of Interesting day up there. Um, really good day run, kind of a rough night run for a number of reasons. And, you know, came in at 24 hours and 12 minutes. So, um, and I think like all of us, it's like, okay, that's, that's cool. But it really, I always kind of sat in the back of my mind. But, uh, oh, and the reason I bring that up is like, okay, so I finished that. Yeah, I knew I was probably going to get back to Superior. Um, it also he- opened the window like, wow. I've got a hard rock qualifier in my hand. Nice. So that's what started my hard rock story. It's, uh, after nice. that 2011 run at Superior, I, like a lot of us, started diligently going into the lottery. Um, and if we had this conversation two years ago, I would have been telling you I'm the most unlucky guy out there. Cause I just, <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud, <laughs> five years in the hard rock lottery, six years in the Western lottery. And I, I mean, I can't, buy my way into those runs i mean it's kind of pathetic and so 2016 yeah i get i get both draws um found that out you know the big weekend when they're all drawn and it did i love my head kind of spinning it's like what am i going to be doing with this now i bet um so yeah and you had a great run at western before before uh that you had a really wonderful run at western that year yeah, yeah, I I really again surprised myself with that one. Um, 
2016 decided to go step up and do both of them. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned my dad passed on. That was the year that he passed on. Um, right around the hard rock races. time. Between races, Yeah, huh? between the two events. Yeah, I came home from Western. Uh, that was an interesting, because he and I crewed. My mom back in the '80s at Western, the years she didn't wow. have success out there. So, so that was cool to be coming home with a you know silver buckle on my hand and put it in his hand and uh, even the whole gun goes off story. And his final journey, he was experiencing uh, Louis Body's dementia. Was the clinical guy? Oh wow, but, that's hard. Well, it's uh, they're all rough. Yeah. On, but that's yeah, that's it's, it's tough to see your parents, you know, or anyone go on through through that kind of experience. So, but, Absolutely. But yeah, it was it was a real touching experience to bring that home and um, share that with them. So, um, but yeah, that was between the runs, and then I was heading out the next weekend. Uh, wow. Hard Rock. Um, wasn't certain if I'd be seeing him again, but uh, sure. As life has it, no, he, he, actually, I was pretty certain I wouldn't see him again based on what was going on, but. Oh, wow. So, said our goodbyes and, uh, and uh, headed out to Hard Rock, so. Anyways, yeah, so Hard Rock got out there and, um, 2016, interesting year. Yeah. Pretty. Regardless of all the nuttiness, all the other racing, I mean, I thought I was in a good place and should be having success with that one. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I, unless you had the conversation, we wouldn't uh, necessarily know. But yeah, that's, I ran 91 miles of that run. Um, uh, people familiar with the course, there's a fair bit of, climbing and terrain to work with but by mile 70 which when you say i gotta stop you because when you say a fair bit of climbing it's more than pretty much any other race out there correct yeah <laughs> qualify that for right that's, that's some subtlety there you're using. assume that people yeah i mean the same analogy people we go over and run highland hills and Bloomington, and we talk about superior. It's like, oh yeah, I think I'm ready. It's like, no, 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 dude, you don't have any idea what kind, what the trail's going to be like up at Superior. But uh, so similar to Hard Rock, I mean, it's one thing that struck me when I showed up in 2016 is just how big everything is out there. I mean, it just blows you away. Um, the mountains are big. The, the climbing is big. I mean, <laughs> just everything is. It's I mean, it's just ginormous. Um, and so yeah, it's really hard to get your head around. But, yeah, the stats on the run, it's average course elevation is 11,200 feet. Yeah. So, again, that's 11,200 feet. So, that's average. Uh, average. And it's, it's laid out. There's 33,000 feet of climbing. You end up back in Silverton, either direction you run it. So you're going to end up. 33,000 feet of descending, um, wow. which is, that's a lot of bull climbing. Um, yeah. And the thing we don't have here in the Midwest is, 
you know, there's, it's big mountain running. So there's nine climbs of significance on the course. And those nine climbs will carry up over 13,000 feet. Wow. One of them being up, and one of them being up over Handy's Peak, which is a 14 or one of the Colorado 14ers. Wow. Yeah. So you made it 91 miles in year one in 2016. That's that and had to be frustrating because you were pretty darn close to the end. It was. I knew my day was done. I mean, I pushed sure. myself. But I mean, I walked away from that run fully satisfied that I did what I could that day, and put up, put out as much as I could, put up with as much hurt as I was willing to on that course and um at by mile 70 we were i ran well up to mile 70 up to sherman nice it's the aid station there but then within three four or five miles of coming out of there and again if people aren't familiar with the course the last 30 miles in that direction you're you're putting yourself up in that 11 to thirteen thousand foot elevation band for 30 miles wow um, yeah, and what I just my lungs got really tight, and I was lost my ability to climb. Um, for lack of a better term, I was kind of I was essentially hyperventilating when I was climbing and starting to move really slow. That had to be scary. Uh, a bit unnerving. Yeah, it was not something I. Well, I had experienced it actually out of. Bighorn when I start to put the pieces of the puzzle together in 2015. That was my qualifier run sure. I used to get into the lottery. Yeah. Um, but that's an event where I been getting out in the mountains. If you familiar with that course, there's a I am. I'm called the wall. Yeah, yeah. I know you the, the, you and I have <laughs> So and you were actually out there in twenty fifteen. You Yes. I watched you, were you finish. There at, at City Park, so you saw me in that condition. Um, I, I was there because I had dropped at the halfway point that year, uh, and yep. I watched you finish. Yes, it was fun to see you come in. Uh, yeah, and if you call, I wasn't, I wasn't overly happy. I, I, I can't say I was smiling across the finish line, which is sure. what I'm trying to do. But, yeah, um, and the reason for that, I got to the wall, which is the climb up to across the river go up to bear camp yeah and yep. i got up there and so all of a sudden the wheels fell off and and they just the next 30 miles became a suffer fest in the town and the, the wall anyway, is yeah, a, that I was, the wall is demoralizing there it's a bold climb yeah <laughs> it uh, really is yeah, yeah it's like 20 so should we, 24, 2800, should we kind of slide into 2018 and talk hard rock? You, you, yeah. you, you did a lot of things different. You mentioned that one was, so let's just, for starters, just talk about, you were telling me earlier about the amount of climbing you did in 2000, in your training yeah. in 2016 compared to 18. 2018, yeah, you did a sick so, amount of climbing per week, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The numbers were. <laughs> Old, um, because yeah, I mean, if we step back, I get 
2017, I get my number for the 2018 run. Um, and again, people hang out there. Okay, Horns is an engineer, which I am proud to say. Very analytical. So, yeah, so that's the perspective. It's like, okay, what do I need to do differently here to have a different outcome? Um, but I did. I mean, that 2016 was a great experience for a number of reasons. And one of them was like, okay, physically, what was I doing in 2016 that I need to change. Um, and you're right. One of them was climbing. Um, I was averaging probably, and again, the numbers, people want to hear about it. It's, so I was climbing probably 10 to a bold week would be 14,000 feet of climbing <laughs> for the 2016 training. And it's, yeah, that's a lot of climbing. I mean, it's 10,000, 12,000, 14 a week. You got to, you got to run up and down Afton or run up and down Highlands a lot to get that kind of climbing in Minnesota. So yeah, uh, but you bumped that up for this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I credit that to, you know listening to what Carl Meltzer puts out there in his uh, blogs or when he's referenced. Um, and you'll hear him talk about sixteen thousand feet of climbing. So in a week coming into this year's Hard Rock, it's yeah, and that would be sixteen thousand per week and. <laughs> I mean, Carl lives in Sandy, Utah. So if you're, sure. if you're living in the Wasatch, it's you know you can get that kind of climbing in pretty conveniently out your back door. But um, yeah, so I will say this year I targeted. I was running between fourteen and I might have touched on eighteen thousand one week, but wow. certainly fourteen to sixteen thousand feet of climbing per week. I love it. Um, and. Again, that just entailed an extra hill climbing session. Sure. Um, and what I did there is learned over the years, you know, we don't run these things start to finish. So I do put a lot of power hiking into the, at least one focused power hiking session, um, whether it's taking the dog out to the hill and you know, getting hiking when she's around, or if I just go out on my own now, she's getting older. But um, Emma's getting older, yes. And yeah, you, you've crossed paths with Emma a few times, and uh, yep. and I know that you you are known for spending hours going up and down those hills out there. You when you when you have a hill date, it lasts for a long time. At least yeah, that's that's I, the word on the street, man. Yeah, the dreaded. Tuesday morning hill workout. It's five fifteen. Reach the nature center. I'll get it out there. You know, everyone's welcome to show up. Uh, like I tell people, it's all are welcome. Do show up, but um, yeah, with, on a on a good day, we'll get uh, maybe thirty to forty. Sometimes sometimes upwards of fifty hill repeats out there, which. Um, yeah, and it's 150 feet up, 150 feet down. Wow. Perfect half-mile loop is the one I do. Nice. So, um, but, yeah, there again, I'm, so I'm 2016, I'm doing some of my strength stuff with uh, 10 pounds of steel on, in the vest. And Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's – and I'll do that when I'm – particularly when I'm striding or hiking with poles. But so 2018, I upped that a little bit and was known to be out there with 28, 30 pounds of lead on my back. But um, 
just wow. the logic. My yeah, the hypothesis there was I would just get a little extra uh, insult, nice. <laughs> insult the body a little more. But, yeah, um, you know, I was assuming I built a little better quad strength to carry me through some of those um, sure longer climbs out west. And you changed some other things. You had mentioned diet. Yeah, that was so. I've come to find out I was. I ran the bear last year. It's my qualifier. Not, not people it, familiar with that race. Northern Utah. Yep, Logan, Utah. Yeah, finish line is over Bear, uh, Bear Lake, Idaho. Yeah, beautiful course. Um, really cool part of the Wasatch experience. And uh, if people want to head out there, I give them a thumbs up. Uh, it's it, it, the marking is light. I will say that. Really. So if you are out there, yeah, heads up running for sure matt lutz is running there this year okay yeah shout out to matt that's awesome yeah he should have a good time out there um but the bear was interesting a couple couple reasons uh one the lung issue presented itself again so i've got oh wow horn hard rock from 2016 now 2017 i got the bear showing up the lungs lung issues toward the tail end of the run um, we're seeing a pattern with the lung issue a little bit yeah so um and actually if we just step over to that quickly what i did with that is when i was on course at hard rock see halverson uh the head research md that's out there on course he's the head medical doctor when i was having distress later stages of 2016 run yeah. He was reminding me, I got to control the breathing. So I'm at the 85 mile aid station, and he was saying, You're not suffering altitude, but you, he listened. He kind of did a quick survey of what was going on with me, but so you got to, lungs are trashed, you know, irritated, and you got to be able to control the breathing. So, um, so I was actually working on more nose breathing. I, you, know, you might hear people in different sports talk about control breathing through your nose so i try to always do nose breathing early in a hundred to to kind of make sure that i'm not going too fast yes no way seriously yep okay just to regulate my speed you know okay yeah so i'm experimenting with that i mean i'm out on the bike and because i i gotta say it's work to breathe through your nose so it is uh, yeah so but anyways pull that into a bag of tricks and then get back to the bear last year. I got onto the Red Cross and tried to get blood. They they turned me away. They're like, nope, can't do it, dude. Wow. Uh, turns out I was low on iron and low on hemoglobin. So I'm Easy going on fix. record. I think, I've been run- I think I've been running chronically anemic for like the last 15 years. So anyways, I got... I hope for the rest of my future running because I've actually got that under control now. With um, you mentioned the diet, so yeah. Anybody who's out there giving blood, read that little pamphlet they give you because cool. I finally did that last fall, and uh, they say you should be on iron supplement, which I'm doing. Uh, and I'm yeah, just eating a lot more red meat protein. That seems to be doing the trick for me. So wow. The, um, easy thing to fix. Pity all the, 
Yeah, pity all the vegans out there. My, my daughter's a <laughs> vegetarian, but uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it seems to be working for me. The hemoglobin's up. So, what else did you do different? Um, mainly at yeah, strength and diet. You know that worked with physiology. I think mentally I was in a little different place, and I know I was in a different place because. Sure. I mean, you mentioned, I mentioned 2016, you get out there for the first time and it's just, it's mind boggling. It's just really hard to get your head around that. Well, you just From, said goodbye to your dad too. Yeah, that was, so I didn't have that coming into 2018, certainly. Um, you know, and I probably, I don't know what, just framing it out. I mean, I wouldn't say give it the right credit it was due, but you just didn't maybe recognize that as strong of an influence in the 2016 run as it might have been. But of anyway, course. yeah, this year it was like, wow, all that noise is nuttiness, whatever you want to call it, noise and. Yeah, noise is a good word. Was, um, and I'd been out there, so. 2016, I went out and I was like, well, I'm going to get lost on this course. I mean, you talk to a lot of people who've been out there. It's like, oh, yeah. You got a really heads up running, you know, talk about people getting turned around and you know, wow. they put a little satellite. Well, they put a little satellite spot on you. It's like, oh, boy. Really? <laughs> it's like, I hope, I, don't, I hope we don't get off on the next uh, drainage over there and they're come out looking for me. But Sure. Uh, but anyway, so I came back this year. It's like, no, I'm not going to get lost. I mean, I was out there in 2016, and that was, and you're not going to get lost. I know another thing you did early or, or different was going out there early and camping on top of the mountains. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If anybody saw the Facebook post, they were they were kind of comical. We uh, <laughs> And again, I was out there 2016 early, but this year I asked myself, what do I need to do differently? That's pre-acclimation time and so we decided two things one to camp higher so we were up between 11 and 13 thousand wow i was out there with uh well jake lawrence is a friend of mine he's was out came out to crew and faced me and um got to represent to oh yeah yeah it's uh yeah, jake's great um so we were just hanging out, and instead of camping at 9,000 around town, we were camping at 11, 12, one night we were up a couple nights, I guess. We were up close to 13, up on top of Cinnamon Pass. And, uh, Was that about 10 days early? Yeah, the schedule allowed me to go out 10 days early. Um, for me, I think it's about right. I mean, it's it seemed to work out. Um, nice. Now, I was out a little bit longer in 2016, but this year, I think we dedicated 10 days to it, and that's the job. Um, but if you're camping at 13,000 feet up on top of Cinnamon Pass, and we were. We were up there riding out a storm that rolled in that night, but um, realizing that Uray, which is the low point of the Hard Rock course, is... 7,800, so we're, we're 5,000 feet above that, so wow. I think the extra acclimation time, or 
ex, extra elevation in the acclimation that it certainly didn't hurt this year. So. I bet it can't hurt at all. Yeah, no, that was cool. Are we are we ready to jump into the race itself yet? Who all went out there with you? Yeah, you had Jake Lawrence. Who else? Yeah, so Jake, um, you know, and he's we supported different runs for each other over the years but yeah i met jake oh. in 2014 up at uh, superior we need to give him That's a shout awesome. out speaking of bighorn he was second overall this year and you got to pace him congrats jake i did that's that's a yeah big, he had big an deal. amazing up there yeah it was really a fun day that was that was one of the most exciting experiences i've had on trail because you know he was in the mix between one and two, Gabe um, out of Wyoming, trying drawing a blank on Gabe's last name, but you know the two of them were going back and forth, and again, that's, people aren't familiar with that course. Just a quick debrief on that: it's an out and back, turn around at the height of land up there at Jaws, which is where I jumped in to pace them. And right by Medicine Wheel, beautiful area. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you've been out there and know the whole landscape and lay of the land. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty magical. So, yeah. Yeah, we had a magical evening run as the sun was going down. Um, storms were holding off, and then at dark and let loose, and had a pretty much a supper fest all night, slogging through mud. And uh, but we he was we got him. He was in second place at Jaws. We got him back into first place at the river, and then he ended up in uh, second place off the Dry Fork and made up a ton of time going from Dry Fork back into town. Nice. the gap by 41 minutes on Gabe. Wow. Use that downhill. That was cool to see. Nice. Yeah, that was cool to see because I, I thought at Dry Fork he was pretty much – done what he could do with that course and it was going to just be a supper fest for him to get back to town wow he, he, he turned it on and closed the gap from 45 minutes down to four minutes so wow. anyway, it was really exciting to watch his day unfold that day and be a small part of it so of course uh congrats to jake so you also had uh at hard rock this year you had john Storkamp went with you legendary Correct. Yep. race director guest and friend of the show blah yeah. blah blah all that uh and yeah, you, I think most people must have been a hermit out there. It's, everybody knows John in the Cherokee community out here. And, um, yeah, it was great to have him in the mix. It's the first time he's crewed or paced for me. But um, you know, it's great to have – I knew John could take care of himself out in the mountains. And, of course. And uh, could suffer through any climate and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. You know, just, again, not to have any – angst about if somebody wants to jump into the run uh, absolutely i have to say i I remember it was a week or two after you ran the bear and we were up at their silver bay place you me and him doing some trail work and uh this was last fall and he said horns just just ran the bear this is one of the few times in my life i'll be able to put the screws to him and uh we, we ran up to uh Bear Lake Overlook or Bean, I get the two mixed up. And uh, you guys, yeah. he he was really trying to work you. That was kind of fun to see. I got a yeah, head start because I, I knew you guys would be running fast. Yeah, I know you headed out about fifteen minutes before us out of the house, and I remember we 
we saw you on the climb and uh, had him at Jones trying to put the hook in that day, but it was <laughs> good humor. So, no, it's always good to run with him and uh, yeah. great to have him out there in uh, Superior or at the Hard Rock. And, yeah, and then my friend Arlie Anderson, uh, who's, oh, uh, I call him a crew, crew boss. Um, sure. And there you go. My, my approach, if I'm going to have people coming out and, you know, taking part in the big party, that's great. Um, but I do, I like to have somebody kind of, what I would call a crew boss, who just, I'm out there to run. And I mean, yeah. whatever the boss says goes, basically. So of course, of course. You get, question you, within, you get to hand your brain over to somebody else. Yeah. That's, and that's a nice been, thing. He's been to Western and Superior with me and just you know, someone that kind of, uh, John framed it well. He said, yeah, it's a, the, the horns whisper. So he was <laughs> nice. He was happy to, to have Arlie out there. So but, um, anyways, yeah, it was a great crew. We had a good time together and, uh, you know, they flew in a couple of days early and were suffering the full effects of altitude like most of us would if you sure. up on a Wednesday and start running up and down mountains on a Friday. So, so let's walk through the race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, most people know, or maybe they don't know, 6 a.m. gun goes off at uh, Silverton. Um, you know, John, was, uh, I, I got to tell you something. When I was a kid, there were a couple summers where uh, my family would go to Silverton. It's not much of a town, is it? There's is, Are there paved streets in Silverton yet? Um, I'm trying to think. No, I think Main Street's paved now. Okay, but yeah. you're you're really up there. Those yeah, sand- Silverton is a little—I call it a hard scrabble town. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Been, been, yeah, it's a somewhat of a ski spot in the winter, and then it's kind of a four-wheel drive market in the summer. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a—it wouldn't be a main vacation destination spot, I'd say, for most people. It's not on the main road yeah, by any means. No, beautiful mountains. Um, San Juan's down the southwest corner of Colorado. Gorgeous mountains. Yeah, my course is laid out. You, run, you start in Silverton, run, run, run over to Telluride at mile 27 in uh, clockwise direction. A lot of people have heard of that town. I mean, that's a ski town. And it, yeah. It would be the typical high-end ski town. Yeah. And does it reverse course every year? Is that correct? Yeah, every other year. It, yeah, every year it reverses. So every other year it's a clockwise sure. or anti-clockwise. So, and we were doing the clockwise direction. Um, awesome. So we're at the start. Yep. Let's walk through this thing. Yeah, so this... Um, yeah, gun goes off at 6 a.m. Friday morning. You know, we're getting, we run across the, the river outside of town there, two miles, and we're doing, coming into your first climb up there, uh, Dolphin Climb. And uh, that's probably, yeah, it was interesting because I, it's hard to describe, but I, I kind of had this big trail epiphany. I mean, I, I think my dad might have reached down and grabbed me because um, you know, he was good at kind of 
set my head straight at certain times with uh, Ronan or other things, but um, I love it. I had this big eureka moment, really, where it's like I just eyes open. I'm looking around, going, "Wow, this isn't a race." I mean, <laughs> who am I racing? I mean, <laughs> I'm looking around. There's some veterans I'm running with, and it's like this is an adventure. Nice. Look at all that's gone into this thing. I mean, if I don't thoroughly enjoy this, you know, I'm an idiot. I mean, it was <laughs> it was that clear. Wow! It's like he just reached down and gave me a shake. Um, and it did because so many it it really shook shook my thought process because I in so many other events you step up the line and I'm you know you get in that run mode where you just Let's knock this thing out. Let's get to the finish and let's call it good. Um, and so I really started to, to think that through. And um, and as I'm running along with these veterans, I'm I'm noticing we're talking about different training and where we're from and all that normal BS that's going on. But I'm watching these guys climbing, and these are. For reference, a veteran at Hard Rock, someone that's had at least five finishes. Okay. And so I, I'm i running with these guys going, you know, and women. Darcy um, Askew um, is there, too. But um, it's like, how do, you, how do you keep smiling through this thing? And, I mean, how do you keep coming back <laughs> and want to run this thing? And it's, you know, it's, it was interesting to hear all the different input they had to say. But yeah. um, anyways, as I'm getting that. I'm watching, and without exception, they're all climbing pretty methodically, I would say. And, really? And that registered. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. i got to climb within myself. I mean, you know, nice. we talk about, you know, it's like, yeah, I always try to stay within yourself and blah, blah, blah. But Kevin, actually, Kevin Davis out of Montana, he's one of the veterans I was running with, and he was... I asked him, what's his nugget? How do you keep coming back? He's like, oh, you got to run within yourself, buddy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell everybody to listen to me. That. But, but he looks at me and says, no, but this course is like nothing else you've run. He said, this thing has no margin for error. He oh, said, wow. It's not, he said, this is not mean. He said, it's just, if you screw up out here, you're not going to come back out of it. He said, it doesn't tolerate mistakes. And so, yeah, I just... I started climbing slow and steady with these guys, and I realized I was climbing slow enough that my breathing was steady and controlled, and I was going from the bottom to the top of the first climb without having to stop, pushing yourself where you kind of get winded and say, oh, i got to stop here and catch my breath. And so I pulled that into the rest of the run. And if you look at reference those nine climbs of significance, and every one of those I was finding a pace that suited myself that I could, I could go to bottom to top and get wow. to the top. And I was again, looking around going, this is unbelievable. These are unbelievable mountains. Wow. Um, anyone that's got the opportunity to go out there, they should experience those, those runs out sure. the trail out there in that part of the world. Cause it's, it's a really cool mountain range. Uh, the San Juans where you can, Gorgeous mountains. Yeah, you can you know you can spend a lot of time up a wood tree line, and you're literally you get up at the height of lands at some of those uh, a lot of the 
course where you're looking around and you don't see trees. You're looking at hundreds of miles of <laughs> high alpine terrain, you know, 14ers, 13ers just all sticking up in the sky. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, it was pretty cool. So, so you kind of you get this epiphany, and then you're also listening to other people, the veterans as you call them. And uh, yeah. first day, how did the first day feel? Yeah, yeah, it was a really. So we look at 2016. I mean, it was, and I was probably on a 38 hour pace. Um, so March ahead to 2018, people are kind of asking what what the plan is out there. Crew was asking me that. My wife was asking me that. And they're like, well, I sure know I'm not going as hot running as fast as I was running in 2016. So, yeah. um, you know, and that would suggest that, okay, I've got to, I got to keep splits conservative out on the eight station splits conservative. So I'm looking at what happened in 2016. And, um, so realistically I was thinking, you know, 40 hours is probably going to be a reasonable target out there this year. And that race has a cutoff of 48. Yeah, so there again, people that aren't familiar with it, it's, you know, they're like, and, and non-runners, I mean, if you talk to your non-running buddies, I'm sure you experience this, they're like, 48 hours? I mean, you can walk that fast right. and get through anything. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and not quite, but go for it if you think you can. So, right, that's um, after they say I wouldn't want to drive that far. Yeah, and if you look up the stats, I mean, you know, so Killian Jernone and short list of a few other runners have done the course in under 24 hours, but it's a, it's a bold climb, a uh, bold, bold run. Yeah. Um, and so 2016, yeah, I, I did step off course at 91 miles with 10 hours on the clock. So kind of knew, you know, knew those long miles, long hours on the trail. Once they, what they can do to you. So, so I've got complete respect for any of the back of the pack listeners. And uh, if you're spending uh, that amount of time on the on a yeah. trail, I mean, it's that's off to right. So, What's the night like for yeah, you? So, what's that? What's the night like for you? What's night okay. like in those mountains? That yeah, when it's dark. Oh, it's amazing. It's we had a pretty good night night i was out there um no rain which was good and that's another course like or event hard rocks an event where the rain can hail snow can come in and really change the equation so and lightning can really be nasty uh yeah and is it danger again i just i mean good karma going on with my run because the guys that came into silverton four to six hours in front of me were getting deluged Saturday morning, you know, we were a couple of ridges east of Silverton, so that never touched on us. We nice. came in, I mean, I mean, to cut to the chase, we came in at under 36 hours this year, which was unbelievable. Wow. My yeah. mind. Yeah. When, when did guy, you pick up a pacer? Uh, you can pick up a pacer in Uray, so... They're getting, yeah, so the first day, so we're running along, first climb goes great, second climb, we're, again, trying to listen to yourself and climb calm and relaxed, and you got 
we've all been there. You got guys coming by you and you're kind of like, Oh, I can answer that face. And it was a kind of a mental yeah. game. You're like, Nope, I'm just going to let them go. I'm not going to answer that face. So sure. Just kept working the, working the plan and, um, taking the, all the scenery in up on the high points. But so we got into Telluride at, uh, feeling good. And the odd thing was I was, an hour in front of the 2016 split. Wow. Did that scare you? (laughs) Did that make you nervous? Yeah. It was an interesting data point to try to get your head around because I'm like, I'm feeling good, but I'm probably fooling myself and it's high, you know, pretty good risk I'm going to blow up here. So, um, anyways, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, I bet. But in 18, again, some, some of the preps, um, there's a ultra coach out there. Jason Coop, who's got a book out there that great book, a couple of things I pulled out of his book. Yeah. If you've read it. Um, and he does, I mean, just to go on training again, he talks about specificity and that's, yes. You know, I talk about that extra strength and extra climbing and that's, so Coop will talk about, Jason will talk about specificity in that eight weeks, maybe yeah. Up to a run. Yeah. And so that's really where I was pulling in that extra strength work, extra focus on. And for everybody out there, if you learn nothing else about specificity, it means you're getting close to an event. Tailor your training specific to that event. Whatever kind of race situations you can you can emulate, do it. And the name of the book, by the yeah. way, is Training Essentials for Ultra Running. Great book. Yeah. And so here you're a Minnesota kid thinking, okay, great. I got to start climbing because I'm going to Hard Rock. How am I going to do this? <laughs> and for me, it was, okay, a little extra time at Afton, a little extra time at Highland, a little yeah. extra weight on the back. But nice. doing that last phase of specificity that he references. So. Nice. And the other piece of the book you look at talks about where most, he's got the great write up on different runs out there one of them being hard rock oh he does that's right yes yeah look at the and he talks about the clockwise direction which coincidentally that's who we're running this year yeah and it's a lot of people blow up on the downhills interesting of course like to tell you right i go out we'd run in to for eight miles coming down the course but i ran that descending pretty conservatively i would say relative to you know what your legs would suggest sure um and there again 2016 you know, i was like okay it's a good time to make up a little bit of time i think you know, a lot of my buddies would kind of get in that same mode or let's, let's hammer this out a little bit to put some time on the clock or take some time off the clock sure and then you get up so you're feeling good out of tell you right then you get up the Cougars canteen Virginia's Pass. And you got 11 miles of descending. Wow. To get down to. Um, Holy quads. Ure, which wow. is another town on the course. Low point or lowest elevation on the course. But there again, I mean, if I was probably doing a minute per mile slower on those 11 miles. But again, you think about it. Okay, that's great. I got an extra 11, 12, 13 minutes on the clock, which is. 
I would say insignificant if you're going to preserve yourself so you can run well to the last half. So. Sure. So anyways, yeah, we we got up off Curvers at 13, went down to Ure at 7,800 feet, and that's where you intercept another touch point for the crew. And, and that's where I pick up my pacer. John, can the crew see you often in this race? Is it pretty accessible Not, for the crew? No, that's... <laughs> I mean, they call Hard Rock a PhD or postgraduate. Sure, yeah. So, it's kind of a kind of a postgraduate for crew, too, because it's it's a long event, and you don't have a lot of access to your runner. I mean, I, sure. I saw him at 18 miles. Uh-huh. I saw him at Telluride at 27 miles, and I saw him at Ure at 44 miles. Oh, wow. And that's 6 o'clock Friday night. We rolled into there 536 o'clock Friday night. So we're... It's been been a good part of a day and you just don't it's not like superior where you're seeing a runner all the time yeah yeah that's what i was wondering uh, much more like you know, you've been out to big one where you just you don't have access to your runner that much right right it's a long ways before you see your crew yep but anyway i got the uray and it's like wow okay one well, dropping wasn't too bad um and I'm, store camp was in the mix for stepping in and uh, pacing. So uh, we got through there pretty quick. Um, That's a hell of a climb out of Ure. I'm looking at that elevation profile now. Ure's your low point of the race by a lot, and then you got to dig to get out of there. Yeah, you're at 7,800 feet at that point. Yeah. Um, Low point of the course, and then you climb up to... uh, engineers pass. Yeah, which is 13,000 feet. That's a lot of climbing, man. Yep, and that's, I think it's about mile 58 on the course, somewhere in 50, let me think about that, maybe 54, but it's, yeah, it's several miles of climbing. Did you use poles? I did. Awesome. I'm, I'm a big fan of poles now for certain events. Me too. Including Superior. I, you know, I haven't run Superior since 2014. Uh-huh. Um, the 100-mile event. But um, I will say when I was up there training through Hard Rock 2016, started getting familiar with poles, I found my descending at night yes. in that course was much more relaxed. Yeah. Having those extra touch points with the poles. And not so much the climbing on that course, but the night descending was a lot more relaxed. Nice. Uh, I packed for Superior today, and I pulled my poles out. They're ready to go. Yeah, and hopefully you've trained with them. Yes, yes, I have. Okay, good. And ours, I And and back to yeah, I, back to Hard Rock. Did who left Uray with you? Was that Store Camp? Yeah. So Uray up to the next touch point with the crew is Grouse Gulch. Okay. So yeah, John hopped in. Uh, we had a great great pull there where um, you know I would say John is he's an amazing power hiker yes he is we're, I'm, yeah I'm running and granted I got 44 
miles on my legs, but I'm running feeling good, and he's just hiking along out there. <laughs> Do I really suck that bad? <laughs> John's walking here, and I'm he's, running. He's and got a great hike. I've yeah. tried to follow him when he's carrying a, 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 a chainsaw and gas and so on, and he's walking, and I'm running trying to keep up with him. He's got a wonderful hike. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, impressive. So, so if you ever get the chance to uh, spend some time hiking with John, uh, climbing, yeah, definitely go for it. Yeah. Strong arm running to support you on the run. That's even better. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really nice section that we covered. Um, you know, it was Friday evening, went into Friday night, um, got through the engineer aid station, uh, Quickly, uh, it reminded me to get to eight stations quick. There was a guy hurling his guts out, and it was just oh, fun. John's looking at me going, yeah, John's like, it is painful to listen to that. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> I mean, I was feeling okay, so we, we bolted. But um, John, are, are these trails, are they pretty technical? They must be rocky. Uh, they can be. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, there's some mining road that you end up, you know, that... Kroger's down to Kroger's down to Ura. Yeah, you start on the backside of Virginia. So there's a fixed line they put up there for safety because you're coming down a 40 degree talus field to start. Oh, wow, I have seen pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, that's a. It's fun. I mean, it's you like <laughs> you like technical running. There's some great, amazing technical running on that trail, and then nice. you'll feed out into. I'd have to look up add up all numbers. It's, it's probably 15 miles of uh, road, mining road running on the course as well. Wow. Okay. And then but who yeah, takes you a lot up? Of technical. And then we got down to Grouse. Um, pretty solid. You know, we got a little bit chilled at night. You asked about the night run. Yeah, we were you know, in the 30s, but no rain, no hail. So okay, good. good. Uh, we got down to Grouse Gulch, and then Jake came in to the mix. So. And that's about mile 60, it looks like. Yeah, yep. And I think you're about 10,000 feet. Um, and he and I will kind of bug each other to keep moving to aid stations. But I remember looking at him and said, nope, I got, I got to get the right gear and food mix here, because otherwise... Good. You know, so I did. I remember being intentional about just taking the time I needed. There was a couple of eight stations that I spent enough time. Sure. Sometimes anyway, you gotta yeah. you gotta move, and sometimes you gotta you gotta make sure you're you're fueling upright in those. Yeah. Yeah, that's something we all gotta remind ourselves of. I mean, I, yeah, just how much time we want to spend in an eight station because right. you're not moving. Agreed. So you yeah. and Jake hit the trail, and and so it must be kind of different when you're just switching people like that. I've never done that, but uh, just to get a new voice, a new personality running with you, you know. Oh yeah, yep. You got a new uh, new audience, either to listen to all they've got to say, or uh, yes, they listen to all your BS again, or maybe uh, um, just. Even when I was running with John, I knew it was taking extra effort to, to have a conversation climbing. So, I mean, I, I said, no, 
no insult, John, but I just I said I'm going to be quiet while we're climbing because I can't. Uh, of course. That energy. So, but um, so yeah, Jake and I took off, and it was it was kind of just a neat magical night. It was midnight, um, so we were climbing up over Handies in the middle of the night. It's kind of like being a kid again. I mean, people nice. ask why you throw on and Yeah. For me, it is. I mean, it draws me back to being it's like a couple of kids out there running through the woods all night. I agree. Um, There's that freedom. Yeah, I, mean, uh, cause I don't I do not do enough of that in my life. So it's, uh, yeah, we ended up topping out handies. I think it was about 2.30 in the morning. So you've gone from 10,000, you climb up to 13, they insult you by going down into the basin again and then you climb back up again but anyways um so a lot of climbing and a couple things strike out one you're up high at a height of land you know fourteen thousand feet but then wow. you look and there's just there's this whole string of light pearls you know i have been there but in that in those high alpine environments there's no forest so sure literally you're looking back for five or six miles and you see all the runners behind you with Oh, wow. That string of headlamps. How yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's really cool to see that. Um, I bet. You know, and it's always good to... I always like to turn the headlamp off for a minute and just... I agree. You know, look at that. Look at the stars, whatever, that are up there. So, Man, you're close cool to them. Man. Yeah. 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 And the ones are holding up. I mean, we talked about... It was. I mean, Jake and I run long enough together that he knew one of the issues that was weighing on my mind was, are the lungs going to blow up? And I, I wanted to get to Sherman, that mile 70, which is where they started to hurt. Okay. A big way two years ago. So. Was hey, it we daylight? Got off the handies. No. So it was still dark. Headlamps on. And in 2016, yeah, I, we turned our headlamps off. I was with Dusty Olson. Everybody listening knows Dusty, but um, he was pacing me across the Indies in 2016, and we I do remember turning the headlamps off. And what a fun pacer Dusty can be. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Such an intuitive pacer. Yeah. He's entertaining, and he's, uh, he's probably the best pacer out there. I mean, yeah. He, he's got more intuitive skills than keeping somebody moving out on trail than anybody I've seen. Exactly. So anyways, yeah, run, run, run. We got down to Sherman. Next touch point with the crew. Yeah. Um, Sherman's just over 70 miles in, it looks like. Yeah, and that's... You said this is where you started feeling the lung issues in 2016? Yeah, yeah. So just psychologically, I mean... A lot of us have been there. You've been you've been on the course. You know what you're up against. So I, I, mentally, I kind of knew I wanted to get there. If I was feeling good, I was going to be great because then, then we can kind of say, okay, let's see what we can do with the last 30 miles of this thing. So, and it was we were I was feeling good. Nice. And headlamps, uh, we wore. We finally turned the headlamps off at the aid station, so that was okay. that was cool. We were that much ahead of the 2016 run. But at that point, I'm like, well, this thing might just play out for a while. So, um, yeah, 
intercept star camp at that point they you got to drive a pretty instant four-wheel drive road to get there from grouse gulch oh wow uh, i remember john being a little bit annoyed because all i asked for was a sleeve or two of shot blocks and some perpetual mix so i could make up my my handheld and uh it's like so we drove two hours across that road to give you a couple of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was a classic comment. And I'm like, yeah, but uh, amen, brother. You were here for me that time. <laughs> so, and, uh, That's awesome. So, so you I kept did. Jake as your pacer at that point, I take it. Yeah. Yeah, the plan was to have Jake at least from me out to Cunningham. Um, and then depending on what was going to happen. Arlie might have jumped in if he wanted to run. Um, cool. So that's kind of where we were at. But yeah, we got out of there with a fairly long stop, I would say. I'd have to go back and look how much time we spent there, but enough to eat a little breakfast. I finally started to feel like I wanted some solid foods in me. What'd you eat? Um, That was... It was a little comical. God bless all the volunteers at every event. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about people giving up their weekends and dealing with a bunch of surly trail runners coming in. But, right. Uh, yeah, so we uh, ate some oatmeal. But awesome. It was, it was cold still. They hadn't fired up the burner. And I remember <laughs> laughing with the eight guys saying, you know, this is the best ice-cold oatmeal I've had, I think, all day. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I told them not to take any more BS from anybody else. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah, but we got we got a little bit of solid food at that point. Um, and there again, I mean, you do your research, you go out, and everybody should all oh, eat solid foods at Hard Rock. It's a long event. I will say the calorie plan, I stuck uh, mainly liquid. Yeah. And shop blocks. Awesome. Targeted 200 calories an hour is my, my formula, and I kind of disregarded the, you know, the climbing and the terrain, all that, and said, nope, I'm just, I'm going to stick with the calorie plan. I, I know nice. Love, so. Good for you. Yeah, it worked out, so that was a good good move. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and then we got out of there. Um, and then run, 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 up to Pool Creek. And then, yeah, you get to kind of those ozone moments. It was actually kind of a surreal Saturday morning between coming up, climbing up in a basin about 12,000 and just this primal wailing is coming off, off the ridge. And we look up and there's this herd of elk. Oh, wow. Calves. And they were bolted. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. 150 animals come screaming down this ridge at us. Wow. They come through this willow thicket that we were working our way through about probably 30 yards in front of us. And I just, I remember, I was like, wow, Jake, am I hallucinating? He's like, no, no, we're not hallucinating, buddy. Um, That's got to wake you up. It was. It was just, and it kind of snapped me back on the moment because it was like, that's why we're out here. I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't see those kind of things at all unless you get out. Right. There. It had to be sort of a so, mystical moment, I would imagine. It was. It was. It's, 
best I can describe it, I'd say. So, nice. Anyways, yeah, we got out of there with the Maggie's uneventful death. That's where I was falling apart in 2016. Sure, so it had to feel good to just move through there. Yeah, I did sit down for the first time, tighten up the shoes a little bit, and then, uh, but it was cool to say, you know, still living well, so. Yeah. But yeah, run, 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 we got out of there, and then uh, on to Cunningham, which, again, kind of a milestone mark, because that's where we called it good in 2016. Nice. That had to feel good, then. Yeah. Feeling good. So got Cunningham, you got about ten miles to go. It looks like. Yeah, at that point you got nine to go. And there, I don't know exactly what the conversation was, but uh, Jake, it was clear Jake was going out with me, so uh, Arley was a okay with uh, staying on his crew boss and just seeing me in the seeing me at Sherman. So nice, a lot of downhill yeah, running at that point. It's all downhill, right? Yeah. It looks like. Well, at, Cunning, at Cunningham's interesting. They could send you down the forestry road for nine miles of gravel to get into town, or they could send you up to Little oh, you've Giant. Got, which, yeah, you've got one more pass from Cunningham. I'm sorry. I see it. Yeah, Little Giant there. Yeah, so that's... Those dicks. Why did they send you I, way up I there? That yeah, I would say that's one of the worst, the most character building on, <laughs> on the court. It's, I, it's, I know it's at least 2,600 feet if it's not... Wow. Yeah, we'll call it 2,600 feet over two miles. Oh, my. So wow. 26, 2,800. So, yeah, it's a bold... Yeah. So again, that's 2,800 feet over two miles. and So, the Highland Ski Hill, I can get 300 feet in a mile. <laughs> If I take the downhill out, that's yeah, I guess that's six hundred feet in a mile, but it's still it's a it, it's it's a bold climb up there and you end up back up at thirteen. Wow. Um, but we modeled up and we got up again and there again seven miles out of town. It's like wow. Wow. It's a magical spot if you ever get up there. It's yeah. You're looking into little little giant basin and you can see the trail into the mining road into the down through the valley you can see the river that's going to be the animus river flows into oh wow so into silverton and yeah i mean i looked at jake's like wow seven miles of downhill that's all I guess nice. we are going to get there yeah it was kind of the first spot where like i can probably probably look for this thing is actually going to come together so 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 it is we took off and just ran the last seven in pretty uneventful from that perspective and i was watching you and your spot tracker as you came into silverton and it was so fun john just seeing you like oh he's turning a corner i know i'm just watching this on my laptop <laughs> but uh what fun it was to watch, you know, and, and even just to watch a little dot move around a map, though, as you're coming into the finish. Uh, boy, that finish had to feel emotional for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh, yeah, so they run you through Silverton. Um, it's kind of funny. They don't... 
digging. They don't do a lot of marking on the course at times, and uh, town being one of them. So you kind of got to know your way up uh, to get back to the, the high school if you're, if you're out there. So No kidding. Uh, yeah, so make the right and the left and another right, so you end up back with the start line. Scout that if anybody's going out there. But, um, yeah, so it was. It was really cool to be finally realizing it was coming together that I'm going to kiss that rock. So Yeah. Which, uh, which again, if anybody's going out there, make sure you kiss the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've come to find out that uh, in the rule book, yeah, you, your run's not completed, so you actually kiss that thing. So You have to kiss it. Yeah, I mean, I look at this shit, because I got there, it's like, wow, what do I do now? I'm standing next to this rock, and John's like, you know, race officials, and it's like, yeah, this is a finish. John's there, and he's like, I'll take a picture. I'm like, awesome. So, nice. <laughs> store camp snapping off pictures, but um, it was interesting. I looked at the images, and I looked at the clock times. like, wait a minute, they didn't stop the clock till I actually kissed that thing. Oh, so, funny. So they're so, waiting for you to yeah. kiss that thing. Yep. Oh, wow. So don't end up at the bar or back at the hotel or camp. Kiss that thing. Without kissing the rock if you're ever out there. So nice. Going out there. Wow, I had no idea that that's, that's your finish is lips to rock, huh? And for those that don't yep. know, there's a big white rock that says hard rock on it, and you have to kiss it, obviously, for them to stop the clock for you. Yep. All good fun. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, so that was 2018. I will say it's, like I said earlier, I mean, it's... And so, John, I don't know... together a lot better than I expected. I don't think we've it, actually it, mentioned yet, John, on our show here, that you were the top uh, grandmaster. You had the, the first old man, first guy over 50, uh, 35... Hours twenty one minutes eighteen seconds. Congratulations! Yep. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. Somebody said I was the first old guy across the line. So yeah, actually earlier, one of the crew met to be winner back at the place. So but, um, yeah, that was real cool. You know, you run with some of the pick those veterans you're running around with, and you realize these guys are different. Utah, Wyoming, Montana, wherever they help them, and it's like. This kind of trains their backyard. Of course. I remember running with, with, with Darla and Kevin up there from Mount uh, asking about hill work in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a 150 foot ski hill that I run up and down. At the, right. At the they're just, I mean, they're just rolling their eyes and laughing. I mean, it's. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a little bit of pride there for uh, shout out to all the Midwest runners coming out there. Oh, funny. Uh, so, congratulations. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. It is. It was it's... a big check off the bucket list for me. Yeah, I bet. I can only imagine. Uh, with that said, should we move into, let's talk a little bit of Superior, can we? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. say I'm coming back from Madison, so I got people still want to hear a little bit of my uh, 
you you Sun goes off story happy to talk about food. Your first marathon was Superior Moose Mountain Marathon. That was that was uh, your introduction to this race. It was. That well, was kind of or perhaps idea. did you go up there with mom before that? With Mayhorns? Um, yeah, I've been out, you know, supporting a little bit of her superior effort. She was, uh, you know, going on the 50 mile events up there. Um, I didn't participate in any of the 100 mile efforts that she would have she been putting together. But yeah, there's some history there. And they had a place up in Lutzen when I was uh, back in the day. So, you know, and I, yeah, she's one of my, again, in my mind's eye, one of the real vivid memories of her was doing hill repeats up bridge run nice and that's as you know she referenced in the book there that's the, yes we uh, cross over that uh ski slope when when we finish up there it's a period cable highland finish line so anyways yeah that's a that's a neat area it's got carries a lot of history so, yeah i went up there 2014 decided to run one marathon in my life and that's the year they put the marathon distance into the mix up there for the superior fall races. And I thought that was perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to do a trail marathon. What could be better? So, And you won it. I did. Yeah. I was first one across the line that, that year. Um, yeah. It was a, it's a pretty cool, cool event. Uh, yeah. My, my sister was up there spurring me along and uh, nice. I really didn't, wasn't worried about the clock time or just, I just wanted to show up at the finish line smiling. And, uh, it was kind of comical though. How, how, how excited she got during all those eight station touch points where you have with your runner and, you know, oh, that's great. Come together. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mom was in there too. So, Oh, your she, mom was uh, up there. She saw, yeah. She's, she's there on course. He was in the final stages with Lou Gehrig's disease, so um, Janice was able to get her around on course. And How awesome! Get to see me finish that year, so yeah, it was cool. It was real touching, and anyways, yeah, it was a neat, neat to see all that kind of come full circle. So, but um, yeah. yeah, so I that was a cool, and then that just kind of opened my eyes. It's like, yeah, this. Let's start doing this uh, on an annual basis. So, so, yeah, that was kind of the deal. I'd go up there at the family weekend, I would call it. We'd, I'd run the marathon, and then we'd end up hiking or on the alpine slide, whatever the kids wanted to sure. do. Sure. How yeah. awesome. And so and you've won the marathon. You've won the, the, the hundred. And you know yeah, we should we should mention now uh, since we're in race week, one of the my favorite stories of of upcoming uh, this race coming up is Win Davis because he's won off every distance except the fifty and he's running the fifty this yeah. weekend and I'm talking about every distance fall and spring now and uh, boy yeah. what a, what a feather in his hat if he pulls that off. Oh yeah, he is, Wynn is an amazing runner. So strong. Ever. Yeah, the year he set the course record up on the on the marathon, that was pretty unbelievable. Um, yeah, he really. Is. I mean, 
I, I will say not that you don't really see him out there because he takes off, but, uh, you know, it's just, he's, he's a very uh, talented runner out there on trail. It's fun to see him come in. Yeah. Covering trail. It really is. It's fun to see him blow by me if when I'm running the hundred, and uh, yeah, and he comes flying by. Uh, you're running the marathon this time, correct? Yeah, I'm going to run the marathon this year. Nice. Uh, get back to some of the some of the fun distances after the uh, back to where it all started. Yeah, exactly. Kind of get back onto that. Uh, Hey, we're getting older, so I might as well start running shorter. So, uh, but um, yeah, looking forward to that one. So, and yeah, hopefully everybody coming up, uh, either running or volunteering. We'll have a great weekend up there this uh, coming weekend. And John, you do a lot of volunteering for that race too. Uh, you've done some sweeping. Uh, can can you talk about that a little bit? I know you've done marking and other stuff, but but last year you did a lot of sweeping. Yeah. Any thoughts about that? That's a hard thing to yeah. do, I would imagine. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get a, I enjoy the volunteer aspect of it as, of as much, if not more, as the running part of it. I, yeah, it's, it's a number of people. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to, to put down, you know, hundred hours, hundred fifty hours, whatever the entry fee is, show up and run the event, but it's. It's that whole army of volunteers that come together and give up their weekends that really make it happen. So, I mean, I have won a lot of appreciation for everybody out there making them. A, yeah. A volunteer and putting it together. And then Those are the people who I'm, get us there. Yeah, and it is kind of fun to be on the other side of the aisle, so to speak. And <laughs> right. Spur people along. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, sweeping. Yeah, sweeping's always an interesting job, you know leave no runner behind and yeah. uh, make sure they get into the appropriate aid station that they're looking at. Um, superior, my experience is up there. Yeah, this is, Friday's always fun because everybody's all peaches and cream, and it's uh, great to be out on trail. And then usually the last sweeps there on Saturday, you're kind of kind of death-warmed over the, the town death march for a lot of guys coming into their aid station knowing they're not going to not going to go out of there so of um, course i know yeah um but i enjoy just being out on trail and you know connecting with those people so it's great yeah uh so and yeah last year we were yeah we were on a bit of course last year i was getting ready for beer so i just wanted to oh that's right get miles on my feet of course uh i'm looking forward to seeing you man Oh yeah, it's you're going to be up there this year. What? Uh, I'm trying the hundred. Be the hundy. Yeah, good deal. I've I've not made it to Lutzen on foot the last two years, and I am uh, needing a finish. I've I've got you know a, a few finishes, but I need I need to get there. <laughs> yeah, well, you got. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember seeing you last year. It was great seeing you at Finland. Yes. Yes. Last year I, I made it all the way to Oberg and then I pulled out, <laughs> or I timed out. Yeah, we were, and actually I was sweeping out Oberg. I remember waiting. I knew you were on course. Saying, <laughs> well, Kevin gets in there because I can, I can berate him all the way from Oberg to Lutz. Right. Sure he, uh, I didn't give you that opportunity. He in, so. 
No, I was denied that opportunity. So I will say I'm going to be sweeping, uh, God willing, over to finish this year. So no kidding. Awesome. I, I will look. I'm going to stay ahead I will of you if I can. To, please do. That's all I got to say. Because <laughs> pity anybody that uh, is encounters me between Oberg and, uh, and the finish. Because it, it's not going to be good. So, yeah. So uh, it's all good out there. Absolutely. But, so... Yeah. I suppose well, we should kind of wrap this up. Uh, yeah. People have been kind to listen to all this. Appreciate yes. The call. Appreciate the to talk to you. You've been kind to be a part of it. Thank you very much. Uh, sure. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Uh, thank you so much. It's fun to hear about Hard Rock. Congrats again on that thing and all your running successes, man. Uh, they all got good runs. So. I hope we've helped your They're all good runs up. Made your time go a little faster tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm dangerous to coast to St. Paul. So Perfect. Perfect. Cool. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday or Friday this weekend, my friend. Thank you so much. It's been an entertaining uh, time. Yeah, I look forward to it, my friend. All right. Thanks, Thanks John. Care. Adios, man. Oh, my goodness, you guys. Wasn't that exciting? Uh, I could talk to John or listen to him talk forever. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Intensity, for being on here. Uh, we'll see you this weekend. But, you guys, I want to tell you something. I approached, you know, let's let's talk Superior a little bit longer because it's going to come up any day now. It's just like right here. Maybe you're even driving up to the race itself right now. Maybe it happened long ago when you're listening finally, but... But for me, this is Superior Weekend, and uh, I got to tell you, you know, I wrote this book about that race, and I approached eight people and asked them if, if, if I could write about their race in 2014, and John Horns was one of the people who was gracious enough to say, sure, you can do that, Kevin, and... Uh, it, it really meant a lot to me because it, it makes a person pretty vulnerable when a stranger, and I'm stranger than most, uh, is going to write about you. And I kind of dug deep with some people, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. And uh, everyone I wrote about was so gracious to share their stories with me. And, and so I want to read a little bit about uh, from the book about John and this was and 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 because it's superior weekend I want to read the section where he finishes and honestly when I was in the process of writing this when I got John to the end and what we had been talking about so much was was how when he's running superior he he feels this connection to his mother who also ran superior some and uh Mayhorns was her name as we mentioned, I guess, in the show, you knew that. And, uh, boy, she just popped up in the ending of this story. It's it's weird how when you're writing and something comes together like that. Uh, so I'm going to read to you uh, John's finish here. It's on page 348 if you want to read along. And if you don't have a copy, uh, get one. Get in touch with me. <laughs> the Superior Course finishes by leaving the Superior hiking trail just after the crossing of the Poplar River Bridge with its iconic view of the river, the ski mountains, and Lake Superior. With less than a half mile to go, 
After running a hundred miles of technical single-track trail full of rocks and roots and mud, runners come out at the trailhead just above Lutzen Resort and hit flat, paved road. If the legs have feeling, this transition feels odd. The runner's hips are confused by the even repetition, the lack of side-to-side shifting and jumping. There are no more logs, mud holes, or steep climbs over house-sized boulders. It's an emotional moment. From here, passion overrides any pain or injury. In essence, the runner has made it. It's about 9.30 a.m. when John Horns emerges from the trail with his pacer, Bill Sikorsky, beside him on the road. They run past ski condos. They pass Papa Charlie's, the resort bar and restaurant. They run under the tramway to Moose Mountain, and kids in a moving gondola yell down to them. John yells back with a thumbs up. Bill says they could have just ridden that thing down. John is running quickly now. There is no pain in his ankle, or if there is, he has forgotten it. At this point, with less than a quarter mile to go, the course veers right off the pavement and up a slight rise and crosses the bridge or the bridge run ski trail. The rest of the course circles the Caribou Highland Lodge and its swimming pool and finishes. But crossing bridge run, John feels a soft breeze of memory rush past him. It's his mother. May Horns, running hill repeats up Bridge Run. He feels it again, stronger, as she runs through him this time, over the bridge and up the steep climb. She is rising higher, really kicking it up that hill. Here, John splits in two. A part of him moves on to the finish line, where he'll finish in sixth place, first in the Grand Master Division, with a time of 25 hours and 36 minutes and 3 seconds. More importantly, he'll finish with a smile. It's been a good run. Another part of him veers to the left, running with his mother up Bridge Run. They work this last climb together. Like I said, I'm really grateful for people who are willing to open up their lives to me like that. Uh, I hope you all have a great time this weekend at Superior. And uh, how about let's finish with a big woo because that's just, you know, how we have to do Superior. It feels good. I encourage you to, 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 to do it if you're, if you're needing a little boost while you're out there running. One, two, three. Woo! Scared the dogs, y'all. Safe travels.